0: Welcome back to another episode of the Preschool Pioneers Podcast, where we discuss why Christians should become teachers, give practical advice to help Christian teachers and owner operators, and share services and products to help Christian teachers and schools produce a truly educated child. I am your host, Reverend Jeremy Walker, and on this episode, we're going to be discussing children and why they are the future, customer sales and retention. And going over what we call the GCS Reading Program and Materials. So to go ahead and get us started, we also want to remind you, you can follow us on social media at Facebook at facebook.com slash preschoolpioneerspodcast, twitter.com forward slash pioneerspodcast. We're on Instagram. Our website is cr101radio.com. We have a YouTube channel and you can follow us on all major podcast apps, iTunes, Spotify, Android and more. So to go ahead and get us started, thank you for joining us. Now, on this episode, we have something special for you. Because today, we're going to be talking about why children are the future. And it all started because I got the inspiration from this uh, for this episode from a child who had a shirt on and on the front and the back. It said, I am the future. And it's true. Children are the future. And we wanted to go ahead and begin with our scripture passage which we're going to start with is Proverbs 22 6 quote train up a child in the way that he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it unquote now children are the future God tells us that every sociologist and everybody in general knows that every educator understands that children are the future and not just that but so does Whitney Houston she knows that children are the future as well she sang a song a very long time ago Called the greatest love of all, and it has the quote that children are the future, and it triggered with me whenever I started uh, preparing this podcast episode and getting it ready, because when people think about the future, they think science fiction. People think about advancements in technology, advancements in all kinds of things for the evolutionists, and his advancement physically because of the evolving of the species, either physically or socially, but. It's not about technology. The future is about morality. Absolute morality. That is what the future is about. Education shapes uh, the people's vision of the future, what it should be, uh, maybe what we have now and the problems that we're having, and then how to move forward into what should be. And most of that is going to be moral. And I find that the easiest way to understand that is to watch what other people do. And these are non-Christians, very involved in education, And the number one thing you'll find out with them is they're severely wanting and drastically thinking it's important to get involved in education. And so they do, because they know that molding the child and these sociologists and behavioralists and all these other people understand that if you get a child up to the age of about seven and you educate them, you teach them, you give them a moral framework uh, to work with, that's what's going to stick with the child the rest of their life. So children are the future. But it's not about technology, it's about morality. Now a couple of things are very interesting to this. A couple questions before we get into uh, the brunt of it. But who are we going to raise children to be is a great question. Another question is who are uh, we going to raise children to think like? So not only do we, what kind of child do we want them to be like, but how do we want them to think? How do we want children to act? And of course... Who are we going to raise children to believe governs the world itself? Is it man? Is it God? Is it society? Is it the individual? All these things shape the future. All these things shape how the child views themselves. Recently, I was watching a TV program, and it had some English folk and some Viking folk or Danish folk in it, and one of the Danes, his child or children were kind of not captured but taken uh, by some of the, the English folks. And they were baptized and they were going to be uh, raised English or and what they would call they called themselves Christian, kind of a stretch of terminology. But to the Danes, these were Christians. And it upset him because he was a pagan. He was a professed pagan. He embraced his pagan uh, morality, his pagan faith, the Norse gods Odin and Valhalla and all the other stuff in between. And he was upset whenever the children were baptized and going to be educated and raised as English folk or Christian folk. And the question was, Is why was he upset about the baptism? And why was he upset about the education? Because these people were going to influence his children. They were going to influence their future and who they were going to become. He himself, in the show, was an English uh, child to begin with, raised Christian, baptized Christian, uh, kidnapped by Danes, and then raised as a Dane. And so his entire focus, his morality, even though he was a young kid, uh, was originally from English uh, people, uh, baptized as a Christian in a Christian family. He then was raised as a Dane, as a pagan, and this was now what he held to. And so the entire show goes back and forth with him struggling with this concept um, throughout the show. But children are the future. Uh, We know this all throughout history. Every person, if you pay attention to them, knows, get the children And then you will then have the future. The good people and the bad people, they all pretty much all understand this. Even throughout the Bible, you had in Nebuchadnezzar would take the children from the Israelites and from other people and train them in their culture, in their religion. And then they could absorb the people that they had taken. So children are the future. And as educators, I want to explain to you, I want to try to explain why Christians should become teachers. So I want to go through this. If you're not familiar with Whitney Houston's song, The Greatest Love of All, let me give you a little taste just so you can hear it. Here we go. I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride. Okay, so that was Whitney Houston's, at least a taste of Whitney Houston's song, the Greatest Love of All. And it's a wonderful song. She was a absolutely talented singer. But the lyrics themselves are absolutely uh, humanistic to the core. And it has a purpose in what type of person, uh, future they want for children, how they want to teach them, what they want them to believe about themselves, and what they should become. I want to run through the lyrics of this song. And that's going to be the brunt of this episode, to kind of show the differences between... Children being the future, and every single person has a different idea about how they want to shape the child, what they want to instill in the child, what they want the child to believe, and what they want the child to move on into the future and do and think. So, let me go through these lyrics real quick here. They're not overly complicated. I believe the children are the future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier. Let the children's laughter remind us how we used to be. Everybody searching for a hero. People need someone to look up to. I never found anyone who fulfilled my needs. A lonely place to be and so I learned to depend on me. I decided long ago never to walk in anyone's shadow. If I fail, if I succeed, at least I'll live as I believe. No matter what they take from me, they cannot take away my dignity. Because the greatest love of all is happening to me. I found the greatest love of all inside of me. The greatest love of all is easy to achieve. Learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. End of song. Those are the quotes from the song. I want to run through. This song has a certain idea of... Of a child, of a person that they want to influence about and create. Humanism actually does believe in the vast majority of the things being taught inside these lyrics. Like here, understanding that in order to influence the future, you must influence the children first. I believe the children of the future teach them well and let them lead the way. Now, humanist or Christian doesn't matter. As Christian teachers, you are going to be influencing the future. And you have to get to children because the adults that are here are pretty much already influenced. If you want to help and influence the future, you want to help society, you want a better world to live in, then education is where it's at. Everybody knows it. I'm just waiting for Christians to learn this because they're seeming to be the only ones who haven't picked up on this yet. They're interested in educating their own children, but not in helping other people. They're not really interested in discipleship or real evangelism. And that's what education is. It's evangelical. It's discipleship. The next quote was, Show them all the beauty that they possess inside and give them a sense of pride to make it easier. See right here, they are trying to desire to foster in children a love of themselves so they are estranged from God. Because the main problem that you have to teach as a Christian, what we teach about mankind, is that he's fallen. His main goal is that he is a selfish person. He has a sense of pride. He already loves himself. He loves himself more than God. And see, this is the problem. Humanity or humanism wants us to love who we are for ourselves. Love yourself for who you are. Don't let anybody ever tell you there's something wrong with you. Well, there is something wrong with you. Christianity and the Bible declare it to be the case, that God has told us what is wrong with us. Uh, We are rebels from God and from the original sin that we committed in the garden and continue to do so. We don't want anything to do with God. We want God to leave us alone. We want to decide for ourselves what we are, who we are, and what we want to be. Humanism 101. Now, moving on about children's laughter, uh, remind us who we used to be. People need someone to look up to. I never found anyone who fulfilled my needs. A lonely place to be, and so I learned to depend on me. Now, this is teaching that no one is worthy or able to give you or someone what they need and accept the full acceptance. In other words, children are going to be taught here by humanists that they are supposed to seek people who fulfill their needs. See, the opposite is the case in Christianity. God will fulfill our needs if first we give up the sense of pride in self, if we can first admit our sin, which you have to teach to children. The doctrine itself is not something that's readily available. Humanism has a kind of a hand up on this page. Because children already believe this. They already believe that they are perfectly okay the way that they are. And everybody should just accept them for anything that they do. Nobody should ever tell them no. No one should ever tell them to change. The world is what needs to change. That's what environmentalism is all about. The world is a problem. I'm okay. I decided long ago never to walk in anyone's shadow. Now this is teaching. That no one has anything to teach them. And that fulfillment comes from doing what you think and not letting anyone tell you what is best for you. Now, humanism would claim to free people, critical thinking, reasonable, logical. Uh, Don't let anybody, no authority, try to tell you what to do because there is no authority. In evolution, you are all there is. No one can force themselves on you except to be enforced because there is no such thing as an authority. But you don't need to look up to anybody. You don't need direction. You don't need anybody to tell you what to do. You're going to figure it out on your own. Just leave them alone. And actually, the vast majority of education, uh, educational theory, if you have been through any training, says just that. Every person, every humanistic person always says, get out of the way. Let the children learn for themselves. Let the children do what they think is best. They're going to be self-guided. They'll be creative, they'll learn morality on their own, and you just need to get out of their way and let them decide what is best for them. Now, the next part is, if I fail, if I succeed, at least I live as I believe. Now, this is teaching that success and failure are not only life goals, but living how you want to live and doing what you want to do is the only important thing in life. That's it. It doesn't matter if I fail. It does not matter if i succeed the only thing that matters is i did what i wanted to do this right here is the absolute peak doctrine of humanism the difference between christianity and humanism this explains why christians should become teachers because this is what everybody else is going to be telling children this is a thing of morality do whatever you want to do don't let anybody tell you no don't tell anybody tell you that something is a sin you be and do what you want, and it does not matter if your life turns to shambles, but you did it on your terms. You lived life to the fullest on your terms. It doesn't matter if you live, doesn't matter if you die, but you were the independent person, independent from God. It is the rebel's marching song. If I fail or if I succeed, at least I lived as I believe. See, living properly, success and failure are not the goals, but just to live as existentially in the moment to live the free life where you got to do whatever you wanted to do despite anything else in the world but you did it on your terms this is humanism 101 this is being taught in every school in america every educator is being taught to teach children this to live on their own terms christianity doesn't do that no matter what they take from me they can't take away my dignity Now, this is teaching that living as you please will cause conflict with others. But that is not important either. The only thing that is important is believing that you did what you thought was right because you decided to do it. See, this song goes right along with what we're talking about here. It acknowledges the fact that you might fail. People are going to stop you. People are going to be angered with you. But that's not supposed to matter. It's not supposed to matter what they do to you. Throw me in jail. Kill me, criticize me, do whatever it is, but you can't take away my dignity. I'm a person. I have self-worth. I have self-value. Everything that I do is good because I want to do it, and don't you dare try to stop me. But if you do have the power to force or stop or coerce or punish me, it doesn't matter. Because I'm not sorry. I'm not going to apologize. I have dignity. See, Christianity teaches the other side. Mankind has no dignity whatsoever. He is a complete sinner and a rebel against God, and everything, every thought he has in his heart is evil continually outside of Christ. See, this is why Christians should become teachers, because we're not going to be teaching this kind of stuff to our students. You should want to live a life of success, not just an existential life of not caring what happens because you did it to yourself, you lived on your terms, but to live successfully. See, Christians want to teach people how to live successfully in this world, And that's why we had God has given us his law. But moving on, because the greatest love of all is happening to me, I found the greatest love of all inside of me. The greatest love of all is easy to achieve. Learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. Now, this teaches that the most important thing a person can learn to do is to learn to self-consciously love themselves for what they are and everything that they do. And above all, never be ashamed of your own desires, your thoughts, or your deeds. You must learn to love everything about you and never, ever want to change anything about yourself. Now, this right here is the antithesis to all the things that Christianity teaches. This right here is saying to all people, and they wouldn't say, but this is it. The murderer should love himself, be self-conscious in his hatred. The cannibal should should love to be himself. Many people talked about the horrors of Christopher Columbus coming to this new world, bringing Christianity, and bringing this to the pagans. These were the people who were eating each other. These were the people who were sacrificing each other to their false pagan gods and ripping the hearts out of people uh, as they were alive so they could try to get some kind of blessing from their pagan gods. This is what we're saying when we say these types of things. No matter what happens, you should love yourself for who you are and what you do. The Christianity is the opposite. The opposite is true for the Christian. We say we should not love ourselves in our fallen state as we are rebels against God. If you want to be able to love yourself, you first have to be able to go to God, be repentant of your sins, and then as forgiveness is given, then you can love yourself, not for who you are, but what God has done for you. You are now special, not because of who you are, but because Christ has died for you. That is what's only thing special is about you, is that God has chosen you, forgiven you, and made you a new creation. That's the only thing to be proud of. Humankind in their fallen state is nothing whatsoever to be proud of at all. But humanism teaches opposite. All people should be thankful for who they are and love themselves no matter what. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise, and you just be you. It doesn't matter what it is. This is a dangerous doctrine that people do get to learn. And humanists are trying to teach us every chance they get see we, people end up with problems and conflict with Christians not because we're trying to do something terrible to people but we're trying to say that all oh, this is wrong we're trying to say you can't just do whatever you want and be successful in this world you have to follow God's commandments you have to live in the real world we don't live in a world of imagination we live in a real physical world with real physical uh, positives and negatives that happen with it and this is one of the main reasons Christians become teachers Teaching shapes the future. Children are the future. The only question is how we are going to influence them about themselves, what they think about themselves, what they should be doing, how they should be treating others. The humanists here say, you just live however you want, do whatever you want, don't let anybody ever tell you anything, and you just love yourself. You love everything about yourself. Even if society hates you, even if you love to do immorality, it doesn't matter what type of evils you love to do, you love Yourself, and Christians come in Christian teachers and say that is not the case. That is not the case. We have limitations to what we are able to do, and that's how we're supposed to live if we are going to live successfully in this life and the life to come. So I'll end this section with hopefully I've explained here why Christians should become teachers pretty well. But let me get to to Ecclesiastes twelve, which what we should be teaching as Christians uh, to our students. Uh, Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen through fourteen. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. We are teaching a world where there is a Creator. We are teaching a world where every action matters. We are teaching a world that it does matter what you do here and now and in the future. We are teaching that God... Has given us a duty, and that is to fear Him, which means to keep the commandments, to hate evil. We're not teaching children to embrace evil, as the humanist has been doing. We're teaching them to shun evil, which is the fear of God, and to embrace righteous living, those things that are good. Now, why should Christians become teachers? Because the future will belong to those that understand the importance of teaching and educating children. The future will either be influenced more and more with each generation to create a Christian society or will be influenced to create a humanistic society. Either Christian morals and ethics and justice will be society's standard or the standard will be humanistic man. The war for the future is not fought on a battlefield or decided in the halls of civil government. The future is won or lost in the classroom. And that's why Christians should become teachers. Now, moving forward here, I want to remind you about some things that I think will be beneficial to you. Another one of our uh, helpful things we work on is Rush Dooney Radio at rushdooneyradio.org. Lectures, sermons, audiobooks, check that out. We have an internet radio station at cr101radio.com, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. With Christian podcasts and lectures and sermons, we even have an app which you can download and you can listen on any device that is iOS or Android or, of course, right from the website. And, of course, we have another podcast which we work on, which is Reform, Reproduce, Reconstruct, which can be found at cr101radio.com forward slash reform, reproduce, reconstruct. I'd like to go into our next section here, which, of course, is our next section about our Preschool Pioneers Field Guide, which is a wonderful little thing that we do to help teachers and owner-operators, give them advice, helpful uh, tips and hints, things to do, things to avoid, And today, what we're going to be doing is discussing customer sales and retention, which is really the lifeblood of a school. Without students, you don't have a school. So I have nine things that we're going to be going over, and one important thing that I want you to remember about sales and customer retention. Now, the first thing is that you want to be, you know, smile and be friendly. People need to feel comfortable. That's going to be number one, because People that walk in, if you've ever seen, if you walked into a store, if you walked in someplace else, and people are not friendly to you, they don't give you a good vibe. And remember, as a teacher, your job every day is to greet parents every single day. And of course, as a owner, operator, manager, your job is also to greet every customer every day. Now, some people, like if you work in a McDonald's, you might see people a lot of people every day, but you don't see the same people typically every day. So you're really not making the same sale based on your personality or what you like. People are coming to McDonald's for the food, not necessarily to have a relationship with the people that are serving it, making it, or passing it out or taking their money. But in a childcare facility, in a school, you are also part of that, meaning the teacher or the manager or the operator. You have to be a friendly, smiling person who is always in a good mood. And that's one really important thing is to make sure that you're always having a positive interaction with people because sales is not just about right now like when you first meet somebody and you're trying to to sell them one time and trying to help them decide they want to come to your school but you're literally selling them every single day every teacher every manager every operator every time they see somebody it's a new opportunity either it's a sale that is promoted or lost every experience is positive or negative but you have to work on those every time and working on positive interactions not just on the initial sale but every single day is very important Number two, be prepared. Have all materials and pricing ready for your new customers. Not overly complicated. If you have information packets like we do at our schools, uh, you want to have everything there. It has all the information inside the packet itself. You have the packets available. So when somebody comes in, you can begin chit-chatting and pull the stuff out. You have a price guide printed out so you don't have to try to remember everything. And on the packet, write it all down. And so you want to be prepared. That's going to be number two. When you're not prepared, you're trying to dig for stuff. It looks like you're not organized. And if you're not organized, it's not going to give a good feeling to a customer. Number three, ask questions. In the short time the customer is there, it is important that you show an interest in them and specifically their child. People want to get to know you. A friendly person. If somebody just comes in and says, I'm here for my child. And you say, how old? Well, they're two years old. And how long do you want to be here? Well, we think a week. Well, okay, it'll be X, Y, and Z. Do you have any questions? But if they don't feel like you're a nice person, if they don't get your personality and say, Hey, how are you? Oh, a little nice little guy over there. What's his name? Oh, Billy's his name. I love that name. Billy's a great name. And you go into things and you're making people feel comfortable. That is a very big essential to making a sale. People have to like you. If you don't have somebody who can emote, they shouldn't be doing sales. And this is important for the phone too. If you have somebody on the phone who cannot be friendly, and project themselves through the phone line to the customer, they should not be on the phone. Just get them off. Don't have this person sell the person in person. Don't have this person talk to anybody on the phone. You need somebody who can sell themselves. Somebody who can be friendly. Somebody who can come off as if they know what they're talking about. Informative. And, of course, like we're saying, ask questions. You want to be able to make that person feel comfortable by talking about that that person, uh, talking about their child, so forth and so on. Number four. Be thorough. Go over all the basic information in the customer materials uh, quick and in overview. Do not get bogged down in too much of the content. Your information pack is probably going to have a lot of things. Ours, as an example, has a cover which has information on it, pricing, phone numbers, uh, the manager's names, websites going to be on there. Uh, You're going to go over the pricing with them while they're there. You're going to open it up. Ours has two pages that talks about the school or one page that talks about the school information. We have a sample schedule in there, which which we can quickly go over, explain uh, what the school's day looks like, roughly. Uh, We have uh, policies in there. So you have four pages of uh, policies. Once again, be brief. Don't go over the whole thing. Just point it out. And then we have the application process and all the stuff that's in there. So you want to quickly go over through and just go through the packet itself and flip through it and show them what it is. But let them later on ask any questions that they have. Number five, your vibe. And we've already kind of touched on this. New customers will listen to everything that you say. But how you say things is even more important. And the demeanor in which you say them, it's actually more important than the content. In other words, people are wanting to be sold by a person, not a machine. You need to get out there and you need to make a sale. And making a sale means you have to sell yourself. The vibe you give it. You can go through that packet, but if you did it monotone in a bored manner then people are going to be uh, not sold by you. They're not going to have a good impression of you. And remember, when people are going to child care facilities or schools, in general, you're probably not the first person they've ever talked to. But you do want to be the one that they remember. And so, like myself, I would talk about myself. I would talk about my wife. I would talk about my 11 children. I would talk about how I've been there for 20-plus years. I would go through and explain. In other words, I make sure that I am memorable. I make sure that when I'm talking to people, they remember me Uh, The content itself flows off of how I do things. I have what I like to call a spill. And my spill, of course, is all the things that I normally say to the normal customer because it's all a brief overview of all the content so I don't miss anything. And uh, so that's something that you want to establish, but your vibe is overly important, so you would definitely want to work on that. Number six, uh, give a tour. Show the customer around and give them the best overview that you can, showing every aspect of your school so they feel like they have a good understanding of your facility, uh, what it looks like, and how it operates. Um, this is when you walk them around, to have a time for a tour, You have them sign in first, show them all the different classrooms, explain how they work in general. Uh, you can show them where the bathrooms are located, kitchens are located, show them the playgrounds, go over the safety areas that you have. If you have a fence or sunshades, or uh, we have artificial turf on the playground equipment. Uh, you go into the classroom, you point out their schedules, you show them how the room is set up, all the different play areas, the table areas, where they eat, where they sleep, where they pick up papers, where they store backpacks, going over all the general stuff that you're doing, and it's going to be very helpful to them. Number seven, give information. As as you walk, uh, go ahead and give information in a relaxed manner. I just kind of went over and touched on that. But you don't want to be you know, standard or just with no personality type. You want to make sure that when you walk through... Uh, That you are easy about how you give things. You're approachable. You're comfortable with your content. Uh, You're not nervous about your content. There's no lulls in when you're talking to people, those uncomfortable silences as they were. You want to get rid of all that. Okay, number eight. Any questions? You ask them. Do you have any questions? After the walkthrough, ask the customer if they have any questions and answer them to the best of your ability and make sure that you're comfortable doing so. Now, this can be one of the most... uh, uh, difficult times because you don't, this isn't prepared. People throw different questions at you, not sure what's gonna, what you're gonna get. But you need to be prepared for these types of questions. Make it easy. Uh, you need to explain things comfortably. And because, once again, your vibe, but as, letting them a- ask any questions that they have is how they help make them, a de- you know, get to make a decision of if they like your school or if they don't. Uh, at the end, you close, meaning you ask if they would like to start or when they would like to start. Most people are gonna want some time to think about it. So you don't just go, you know, when do you wanna start? But you do say, well, we do have openings right now, and you can start now, you can start next week. Which one would you like to do? Were you thinking about starting sooner or were you, you know, planning for the future? Just kind of gives them that first little initial uh, decision. They say, well, we were planning on starting soon. Or if it was, you know, we're planning on starting later. So, okay, well, that's not a problem. Go ahead and look over the packet if you have any questions or phone numbers on the front and just get back with me with any questions. But if you want to start right away, you can do that. If you want to do it for later, go ahead and bring in your packet So we can save your spot, Uh, but then when you want to start, we can start. But you're getting people to make small decisions, Uh, and, of course, once again, you're comfortable. You're helping them through the process, and that's very important. So lastly, the salesman is selling trust more than they're selling the program or the facility. I say this a lot when I talk to people. People are not bringing a box to you for you to hold on to and they can come back to at the end of the day and pick up. They're giving you their child. This is the most important prized possession that this person possesses and they need to feel comfortable giving the child to you. So you need to make sure that that's what you're doing is you're selling yourself, selling uh, your experience, selling yourself as a parent maybe, uh, or as a administrator or a teacher, whatever you are. But you're selling yourself and making somebody want to trust you because they should trust you. Everything that you do is about a relationship. And so you want to make sure that you work on that. Okay, that's what I have for a preschool pioneers field guide for customer sales and retention. That will help you a lot. You can go back over that. And uh, look at it some more. Now we also do give away some books. And uh, we like to promote that theology or what you believe, what you know is a foundation for what you do and why you do it. So you can go to our website at uh, cr101radio.com. Click on book giveaways and check out the books we're giving away there. We also have a a mailing program from MailChimp which give away a bi-weekly email which we don't spam you but we can keep you updated on all information. If you're interested in that, you can check that out on our website, go to cr101radio.com, scroll to the bottom and you can sign up there. And the last thing we're gonna to be touching on for today are our resources and materials that we like to have available or we do have available to help people. Now ours that we're gonna be talking about today as we went over already in our stuff here, if I can find my spot cause I think I lost it, was our GCS reading program materials. Uh, GCS is our Grace Community School. We developed a reading program for preschoolers, and it is a complete phonetic approach to reading, uh, from the bottom of learning your ABCs all the way up through reading um, short vowel words, uh, all the way until they have become proficient at it. And the program is wonderful. We produce everything ourselves, and it is all available on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. Now, if you are interested in uh, that, you can go there, look at that. But in brief. There's flip books so that you can uh, actually teach the children how to read with flip books in a classroom setting. There are individual reading books, which we have also created uh, with the Wales of Grace Community School. We have uh, uh, done all of our artwork and everything is also in there. And so those books you can actually print for yourself. Uh, you don't have to buy them anywhere. You can just print them on a printer, and you can staple them and send them home. Uh, but those are also part of that. And there's also not only that, but also video programs also for the entire set, uh, how to teach everything from... The, just the letters uh, to teach the um, blends and the phonics all the way through all the books that we have we also have a video program which you can put on a kindle or any other device and the children can watch it and it can be a uh, dual purpose uh, it can be used for a school as, as far as teaching teachers how to actually teach phonics and reading and it can also definitely be used as we do uh, to show children the program and they can learn how to read uh, through repetition and by watching it as well and so those are some materials i'll point you at if you're running a school If you want to learn how to teach reading to young children uh, as young as the age of two, my daughter Madeline, uh, she is actually the age of two years old, and she has learned how to read on this program uh, from the teachers at our schools. So that is the GCS uh, reading program materials. You can find it at gcsapprenticeship.com. Click on uh, materials, and you will find everything uh, there. And uh, so finishing up here, uh, same website, gcsapprenticeship.com. You can check us out there, lots of other materials besides just that. But the main focus behind what we want to do with our materials and this podcast is we want people to get inspired, we want people to get equipped, and we certainly want people to get involved. And that's the main focus here But what we want to do for people. So I want to thank everybody for joining me for this episode of the Preschool Pioneers Podcast. Until next time, this is Jeremy Walker signing off and asking you to have a great day.